Hey everybody, welcome back to Live for Sports. My name is Nathan. On uh, today's episode, I'll be going over a lot of news. Mostly happened over the weekend, a couple days late. Um, just mostly two things. So it'll be Habs surprising everybody, uh, clearing out their entire front office, mainly their GM, Mark Bergevin, and a couple of the assistant GMs and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to look back at some of the moves during his tenure and grade like how he actually did. Uh, potential fits for him because there's a lot of rumors that he's going to get another job soon. And then plus a couple of potential candidates I can see getting the new GM job in Montreal. And then I'll go over uh, the wild past couple of days that MLB free agency has happened because, wow, I love it when there's a work stoppage coming so that everyone wants to sign because it makes free agency that much more entertaining. That's a problem with baseball in the past few years. It just like it takes forever for people to sign. It's really frustrating for us fans. Um, so yeah, I I won't say I'll grade them, but like I'll give my thoughts on them for the most part. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Simmons, is this the dagger? Shell news out of Montreal. Mark Vergerman is out as GM. Why can't the Canucks do the same to start off? I'm sorry. I just I, I feel like I talk about this every episode about how I want Benning out gone. I feel like it sh- honestly should be a topic every episode. Like I I just have so many thoughts on it, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna revert away from it. Um. So just five months after they made the Cup Finals. He's out as GM. I, it doesn't surprise me he's out because his job was very. If if they didn't even go on a run last year, he was gone. If they probably if they lost to Toronto, which they probably should have, but Toronto just sucks in the first round. He's gone. I would say. Um, but he their team went on some crazy, and I will agree with it. It was fluke. I would think they just got really hot at the right time and. The Shifley suspension obviously helped too, I guess, in the second round, and they got they got helped out a lot. Um, without that fluke run, he would have been gone, but that saved him for a bit. And then the start to the season, I can't really blame him. The team isn't that bad, I would say. It just really lacks star power, and when you have no your captain out and Shea Weber and no Carey Price, it's really gonna affect you. Um, and those guys like. Weber's career is probably done. Price, who knows when he's coming back. I honestly wouldn't think he comes back this year at this point with how bad they've been. Don't rush him into that situation. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go back and look at his tenure, though, what he did. Like, his five five biggest moves, you could say. They got, got it off the score. Um, They gave their thoughts on it. I'm going to give mine on it. Um, So, first off, there was a Max Pacioretty trade. You trade your captain, that always sucks. He was basically forced out of town, though. Um, but you did get back a potential number one setter in Nick Suzuki down the line. He's been really good in playoffs, and like he's looked like he's got that potential. Um, you got Thomas Tatar for for who what's a couple seasons, what's their leading point scorer, and like was putting up some solid numbers. Um, now he's not there, though. He left in free agency, but 
He also got a second round pick in 2019. Habs used it to draft Matthias Nor- Norlander. Hasn't come up yet. Um, honestly, I can't say I've heard of this guy much, but like second round pick, solid defense prospect. I don't know. Maybe he's going to come up soon. Um, I think this is the definition of a one of the definitions of a win-win trade because Vegas got what they needed, a goal scorer in Pacioretty who's playing like top line minutes for them and they're a cup contender. And Montreal kind of reset a little bit, helped out their future big time in getting Suzuki. Um, I mean, it, it's win-win, but I'll give it, like, I'll say Bergeron wins the trade here. Um, so I'll give him one, one, one 1-0 so far. Um, then we go down to the Subban Weber trade. This was the most infamous 23 minutes in NHL history, I think, in back in 2016. Um, it just ch- completely changed hockey landscape. That would be, uh, so first off, it was Taylor Hall being dealt from Edmonton, one for one famously for Adam Larson. Don't, don't, just weird looking trade uh, at the time. It's partially worked out both ways. I, I I don't know. It's it's a really weird trade looking back on it. Um, a couple minutes later, Bergerman pulls the trigger, trades franchise defenseman PK Subban in exchange for Shea Weber. Also one for one. Uh, definitely one of the biggest trades in recent memory. The only one like, I mean, those two were both were the bigger ones. Uh, you have Jack Eichel too. Pacioretty was big, I guess, but. This one was really big because it was like a new modern-day defenseman in Subban getting traded for the old modern-day one in Weber who can, like, sit in his own end, really good shot, and just hard-hitting. But, yeah, it was very, like, out of the blue because a week prior, Bergeron said he wasn't going to trade Subban with, like, rumors flying around he was on the block. I believe Ben... I, I think Benning went out and said he wanted to trade for him, too. Like, he looked into it, got fined for tampering. <laughs> Stupid Jim Benning. Um, yeah. Dealt to Nashville, though. Like, it worked right away for Nashville. They they came two games away from winning the Cup the next year. Um, it, it definitely I think it definitely took a little bit longer for Montreal for it to work, but... Weber's still been playing at a high level, like even up to last year when he was injured. Um, his career is likely finished now, though, so it's tough. Like Subban has regressed majorly now, and as he's in New Jersey, it has not been the same. Um, at the time of the trade, it was even. Um, it's tough to say where I'd want to if it's a win, if it's a loss. I think I'm gonna just say it's a tie. It's really close. Um. Nashville got to the finals. Montreal also got to the finals, both with their guys. Uh, I'm still going to say it's a tie here. I don't know. Uh, Then we go to the Carey Price mega deal. Carey Price is the best player in the Habs. Don't get me wrong. Um, Like, he still is to this day, even though he's not playing. But I do think Bergeron took the L here. You gave him $10.5 million dollars. Which, that's a shit ton of money for a goalie, I'm sorry. Goalies should not be getting t- paid $10 million. Look at Sergei Borovsky. Yeah, he's been better this year, but the past year or two have not been good for Borovsky. Um, I, I just think goalies are very interchangeable in the NHL. Yeah, there's always the good ones, like Vasilevsky's really good. Hellebuck's really good. 
prices, I guess, too. But I don't think they should be really worth like ten million dollars. I think the most a goalie should really be getting paid is maybe like eight million. I think. Um. The contract's gonna take price into his late thirties. I think it's like thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Um, he'll be way past his prime then. Like, yeah, you couldn't let him walk away in free agency, which was a possibility if you didn't pay him ten point five. But I just don't think you can give him ten point five million for goalie. So I think it's got to be an L there. I think it's one one and one for one win, one draw, one tie for the first three. Uh this one, <laughs> this is probably the best move of his tenure. Uh, I must say. Uh, they robbed Chicago. It, Blackhawks wanted to bulk up for a playoff run. Um, they shipped out Philip Deneau in a second-round pick, who turned out to be Alexander Romanov, who's one of their best defense prospects and is playing for them currently. For Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman? What was Stan Bowman thinking doing this one? Deneau became one of the best shutdown centermen in the game over his time with Habs. Um... Even though he left for free agency, for he lost him for nothing in free agency. I don't know, but it's he's that good defensively. It's a, so hard to play against. Uh, Romanov, like I said, turned into a solid D-man. Has I think has the potential to be a top pairing guy for them down the line. Um, Bergevin easily went, takes the W on this one. Weiss and Fleischman put up just a combined six points over thirty four games after the trade, including playoffs. Not good. Not good. Um. Then lastly, we have the Jonathan Drouin trade. Massive L for me in my books for Bergeron. Um, they traded for the disgruntled player in Tampa while giving up your best defensive prospect in Sergeyev and a conditional second round pick. I'm pretty sure there was another pick that Montreal got too. Um, but you gave up your top prospect and a second round pick. I didn't like it. Um. Sergeyev has been really good for the Lightning and now. Um, I wouldn't say he's lived up quite to the hype around him, but like he played through behind Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough on the left side during his most of his time there, so you can't really blame him. Um, if it weren't for those two, I could really easily see him being like a top-pairing defenseman scoring 40-50 points a year. Um, but because he does, he doesn't really put up the numbers like that. Uh, I would say Drewhen... Duran has underwhelmed since he got to Montreal. He has he's been good like good at times. But like he was supposed to, like I think when the Habs traded for him, they wanted him to be that next great French Canadian player that like they've just had throughout their entire history. Um and be he they wanted him to be that guy in the forward group, that superstar. And over the five years of Montreal Montreal now, he's put up 149 points in 247 games. Not that good of a numbers that you want from like a top guy. Um and I'm pretty sure he's been very bad defensively. I think I looked up his stats. He was a minus in every season. I think it, his first year there, I think he was a minus 28. That is not good. Um, Sergachev, meanwhile, has now helped Tampa win back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, the Habs could really use a player like Sergachev right now. They need a lefty man that could really anchor that left side for them. And they don't have it. And Sergachev would be the top left-pairing guy in Montreal right now. Um and, like, imagine such Weber, Petrie, Sergachev as your th- top three defensemen. That would be fantastic, but they don't have them. So, got to be an L, in my opinion. So, overall, I th- I think it's two—he won two of his deals, lost two of his deals, and tied one of them. 
I would say it's like an average tenure in my books. I just think what really killed him is the fact that he wasted all of Carey Price's prime years. Yeah, they made the finals last year, but like they just couldn't win playoff rounds when they when you had Price as your main guy. I don't know. Um, they just they could build teams that were built strongly, I guess you could say. But the problem is there was no star power in these lineups. They were missing that throughout all of Price's years, and that's what they jumps out to me the most. Um, I I don't know. I just think Bergevin should had enough players to go out and make some deal for some superstars, um, via trades. Like I don't know, Jack Eichel was first person that jumped into my my mind. I thought the Habs definitely should have traded for him. Um, didn't do it. Um, so now Jim Gordon is coming in to run the hockey ops department. He was the former president and GM of the Rangers. I believe he was both. Um, he's going to look for a new GM to work with him. They'll be, they'll run the group together. Um, I really wanted Jim Gordon to be the Canucks new president when we get rid of Benning. I hope we do because God save my soul. Um, I, they have to both speak French and English, though, this new GM. Uh, so some of the names I've heard thrown around are like Danny Briere, Roberto Luongo, Patrick Waugh, some of the names. Um, Briere is currently in the Flyers organization, kind of learning the ropes there. Um, Luongo is in Florida. He's from Quebec, um, learning it in Florida right now. It might be too early for him to jump in and take the job. But it's, it, it could be interesting to see. Uh, Patrick Wall is another name. I believe he's working in the QMWHL or the OHL right now as a GM or something like that. Um, I, I, I heard, thought I'd seen an interview like that said he might be interested in it, but I don't know. Um, as for Bergevin, I think he's going to get another job pretty quick. Uh, I know the Ducks have him hole at GM currently there's a potential landing spot if the Canucks fire Benning they might be interested I really can't see it though um it's just like Akalini, the Canucks owner kind of wants to be in control of the team of what they do and I think Bergevin wants that too and I don't think they can really work together I think Bergevin wants the team to his own and wants the owner to stay out which I don't think would happen um so I really can't see it there, but that's I guess I'll still put it as a potential fit because they're close to firing Benning. Um, there's a couple different positions available. I just I I can only see him going to the Canucks if he wants to get right back into work. That like if he wants right back into work, it's the Canucks for me. But if it's not, then I don't. I think he's gonna take some time off, maybe like a year. And then come back when there's a job he likes or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I was completely caught off guard by it. I thought Dominic Ducharme was going to get fired first. Oh, like, he has not been a great coach. Yeah, you got him to the cup finals. But the regular season when he came in as interim last year, not that well either. Did not have that good of a record. So we'll see. Um, so we'll move on now. On to MLB free agency. Um... It's been crazy to start this year. I'm I'm just so happy this happened for MLB. Even though we're headed possibly for a lockout because of the work stoppage. Um, 
this has been a great free agency to start. All the big names have been flying off the board, which is great because usually sometimes it's taken until like December or January for them to sign in. It really annoys all the fans. Um, so I'll give you like a timeline of what's happened and then my analysis on what's happened. So on Friday, the Mets started off by signing Starling Marte to a four-year $78 million contract along with Mark Canna to a two-year $26.5 million contract. Um, I think it's good signings for both of them. They need they need bats in their lineup. That's what killed them last year. They had the pitching. They just didn't have the bats. Um, so, yeah, I, it's definitely an improvement. Marte's not really going to hit for home runs a lot, I would think, but he's very quick. We'll still yield a lot of bases. Canna could be that guy at first base or in the outfield for them. Um, uh, nothing really much on Saturday, so we'll skip to Sunday. Uh, Marcus, the big one was Marcus Simeon leaving the Blue Jays for Texas on a seven-year, $175 million contract. It really sucks to lose him because I like I am the Jays fan, and I really did like him this year. I just, but like at the same time, I wasn't really expecting them to keep him at all. Um, I, I, So it doesn't really hurt, and it was only one year he was here, so I, I don't know. Yes, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt at the same time. Um... For his re- possible replacement, I'm really hoping for either utility man Chris Taylor of the Dodgers, who's had some great runs there, or I really like this is like a match made in heaven for me. It is trading ho- for Jose Ramirez of the now called Guardians in Cleveland. Um, and uh, the Rangers also signed John Gray to a four year, $58 million deal. Um, I guess he heads the rotation there now, even though he's not really a number one in a rotation. We'll see. Uh, then the Blue Jays, after Semyon had signed, they bounced back but with news that they signed starting pitcher Kevin Gosman to a five-year, $110 million contract. Um, to me, this this just like signaled the end for Robbie Ray in a Jays uniform. Um, I, I kind of figured that once we signed him, we wouldn't have... We weren't going to spend two hundred million dollar contracts on pitchers this offseason, so kind of figured it was the end. Um, in other news, on Saturday, Byron Buxton signed a seven year, hundred million dollar contract extension with the Twins. The Marlins signed Avasiel that I can never say his name, Avasiel Garcia, to a four year, fifty three million dollar deal, and they also re signed starting pitcher Sandy Alcantara to a five year, fifty six million dollar deal. Not much. I, I don't know. I'm just not going to say much on that. those two. Um, so then we go to Monday. This was probably the biggest day out of every day. Uh, Max Scherzer heads to the Big Apple, not the Yankees, sorry, Yankee fans, uh, to a three-year, $130 million contract with the Mets, not the Yankees. Most uh, AAV ever in baseball at $43.3 million per season. Average annual value is AAV. Um they just formed the one best one-two punch in baseball in himself and DeGrom. And if they both are healthy, it could be the best ever. And yes, mark my words, the best ever. There is, like, yeah, there's a lot of good duos over the over the years. But like, this one is, could be crazy. Because Scherzer, you're getting a guy who's probably going to put up like a, two, a 2.5 ERA, I would say. Maybe even lower. Put up like, what, 250 strikeouts a year near 200 innings if he's healthy it it could be crazy DeGrom probably could be like if he's healthy 
an under two ERA and like 300 strikeouts if he's healthy and definitely 200 innings pitch. We'll see though. Um, but yeah, it's the best one-two punch in baseball for me. Um, and then right after that, Robbie Ray heads headed out west to the Mariners. After the Jays said, "Okay, we're not signing you. We're going after, we're going after Gosman." So he signed a five-year, hundred fifteen million dollar contract. Sucks to lose Ray because he won a Cy Young last year for us. Um, but I mean, we have Gosman to replace him. They're pretty similar pitchers, in my opinion. Um, and it's only like a five million dollar difference. That's what's kind of weird is they didn't want to pay five million dollars more to get Robbie Ray. I think the story was that Robbie Ray wanted to hold out until after the work stoppage. Um, and the Jays were, didn't really want to miss out on everyone else. So they said, okay, let's go get our backup option. So they, that's what they did. Um, it hurts, but at the same time, he goes to my second favorite team, the Mariners, who are like the local team for me in Canada, in BC. So, um, what, it's like a ferry and like a two hour drive down to Seattle. So it's not the worst. So, um, better than him going to the Dodgers. Let's be real though. Um, biggest move, however, of the day, I would say, and probably of all of free agency so far, uh, Corey Seager signing a 10-year, $325 million contract with the Rangers. Yeah, they, they, with, they formed the new best middle infield in baseball with Marcus Simeon. They have paid half a billion dollars for two players. Two. Half a billion. Um, and, yeah. They're probably still not going to make the playoffs next year for me, but uh, their pitching isn't very good. I mean, you got John Gray, but you need a lot more pitching that way. Um, They're taking a really good step towards being competitive again, though I give them another maybe year or two before they're going to be really scary. I feel like Simeon and Seager are going to attract a lot of other guys there. Um, And then just yesterday, uh, the Tigers didn't, signed a shortstop, not the shortstop I thought they would sign in Korea, but instead they signed Javi Baez to a six-year, $140 million deal. I am not a fan of Javi Baez. He's good defensively, yes, but like he strikes out way too much at the plate and does not change his approach at the plate at all. He just swing heavy. Um, I really don't like this deal for the Tigers. I think it's an overpay, and I think it's going to backfire, honestly. Um. So yeah, that's basically the time. Uh, most of that's happened that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, definitely the big winners so far um, in free agency, I'd have to say, would be the Rangers and the Mets. Um, Mets always for me like get hyped up as um, uh, they're like, oh, they have big free agencies or trades or something, and then they get hyped up to be a good team. And then they just, like, don't. It just never happens. So, I I don't know. We'll we'll see if they can actually do it something this year. They need to stay healthy, but their team is definitely good enough to win the division or get it into the playoffs as a wild card, at least. Um, Rangers, uh, I really think they can finish anywhere in the 1-4 to four range in their division. Honestly, just depends on if Correa stays in Houston or not, If uh, or if he leaves the division. Um, they're going to turn into a serious threat, I believe, soon. Uh, yeah, they, they could make the playoffs next year. I don't think they will because I think 
Tampa is better than them. I think Boston, New York, and Toronto are all better than them. So it could be interesting. Like, I mean, the Jays were the best fourth-place division finisher ever, and they didn't make the playoffs last year because of Yep, but I don't think uh, Rangers will get in quite yet. Um, I think the losers to start out have to be the Yankees. Uh, but I wouldn't call them a loser yet, I guess, because the fact that they're staying quiet is really, really concerning to me. Um, It's weird for them, I must say. I think it's either a great thing because they can't get anyone, or it's going to be a terrifying thing because they might be planning something really, really, really big. So, we'll see on that. I would call them a loser so far. I would also say the Dodgers are a loser, the two biggest markets in baseball. Uh... They've now lost two of their best players in Seager and Scherzer, and they also lost Max Muncy to injuries. That's not bad. That's not that good. Um, if Chris Taylor ends up leaving too, which it sounds like he could, that will be a big blow. I've heard he could sign as early as today. Have not heard anything yet though. Um, but yeah, I it's it could be interesting to see. Uh, I just. Th- it's kind of weird how it's the two biggest markets being the losers so far. I don't know. They, everyone's getting big deals this year. I mean, the two biggest teams of giving out biggest deals are haven't done anything yet. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, just trying to think that I have anything else I want to point out. Um, I think pretty much it. I probably had something that I wanted to talk about, but I just can't figure it out right now. Um, so I think that's going to basically wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of anything else I want to say. So I think that will wrap it up. So thanks everyone for listening. If you got this far, um, I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.